we are continuing in our series on social media, and this is week number four, and we've only got one week left after this, so it's going by pretty fast, but man, it's been good. We talked about some really important things uh, regarding this, and look, 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 the, the point I'm trying to make in this is that social media is great. I love it. Um, has so many benefits. This past week was, I had a birthday. I'm not telling you how old I am, but so many of you, you know, wish me a happy birthday on social media. And um, Tuesday, I heard this weird notification on my phone. I'd never heard it before. You know, it's a different type of ring or a buzz. And I look down, and it's my mom, and she's calling me through Messenger and doing a video conference call with me and my dad. And uh, I I didn't know you could do that. I was like, whoa, you know, my mom is using social media, right? I mean, that kind of tells you tells you where uh, where we're at in this world. But that was great to be able to see, uh, you know, my dad in one place and my mom, you know, in another place. And then me, and we're all talking. And, uh, you know, they told me they love me and happy birthday. So it's great. There's so many good things. But there's also so many dangers, like with anything else. So many, uh, you know consequences if it's used the wrong way. Last week we talked about authenticity and what a very important message that was and really the heartbeat behind this message series is how we can be authentic Christ followers in a social media world and today is wow today is a very important message. I know I say that like every week Um, but what we're going to talk about today is so so important. I want to look at our purpose in life why we were created, why are we here? You know, it's such an important question, right? Why are we here? Why were we created? I want to look back at Genesis 127. Genesis 127, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we see here that from the very beginning, God is the sovereign God. He is the creator God. And uh, he created mankind differently than what he created, how he created everything else. He created us in his own image. Now, some translations say uh, in his own likeness, right? But literally what this means here is that we were created in God's reflection. We are reflections of God, right? Meant meant to reflect him and represent him. And you might say, well, how do we do that? And and how do I go about doing that? First John 4, 8. Look at this. God is love. God is love. You may have heard that God is loving or that God loves, right? But this tells us that God actually is love. That's who he is and that's what he is. He is love. And that's the image that we were meant to reflect. And the thing is, God is creating an image out there in this world. God's still in the process of creating. He's created an image out there, and that image is love. And so I want you to write this down. We were made to love God and to love like God. We were made to love God and love like God. So this week, we're going to be talking about love. Now, listen, just stay with me. I know as soon as I mention love, guys especially, you're like, uh, man, we got to talk about this today, right? Like, um, it, there's so much more to love than just romantic love, right? And what we're really talking about today is your purpose and, and 
why we're here, why we are created. So it's very important. So just stay with me the whole time. And you might say, okay, what does love have to do with social media? How has social media affected love? What's affected it tremendously? Uh, Just some of the things that we've already talked about. Social media has caused us to be more obsessed with ourselves. And we sort of talked about that when we talked about contentment. Contentment, uh, when we looked at that, we we talked about how we look at others, right, and, and we become discontent with our own lives. So we spend a lot of time looking at others, but really what we're mainly concerned with is ourselves. We've also become more distant. We talked about that as well, how social media has sort of put a wedge in our close relationships. It's made many of our relationships meaningless, but it's also done this, and this is what I want you to write down today. We are less loving. We are less loving. Now, studies show that we are actually less loving. There's all kinds of studies out there, probably one of the most comprehensive one was done by the University of Michigan. They studied thousands of people, thousands, over uh, a dec- decades-long period from the 1980s until now. And so through these surveys, many of you may, might have taken these surveys. They'll have uh, a range there. Rate your response on this range. How does this make you feel? How does this make you feel? And, you know, based on those submissions, they found that today we actually love 40% less than what we did in the 80s. 40% less. It's, it's measurable. I mean, you can actually measure that. And many believe one of the big reasons behind this is social media. You see so much negativity on there, right? You, you can go on there right now and you can see something negative. And... and you almost become desensitized because here's what happens. You go on there, you see something positive. You see something that makes you laugh. Then you see something negative. Then it rotates, you see something positive. You see that something makes you laugh. Then you see something negative. Then you see something shocking, and then it rotates over and over again. You might see three or four good posts. Your mind can't keep up. Your emotion doesn't change after a while. It stays the same. This is a biological thing. It really happens. It really occurs. So the truth is we are less loving in our world today. That's hard to come to grips with, isn't it? Um, People are less loving. Christians are less loving. Now, I want to do something uncomfortable. I want to talk about an elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, our church went through a tough time a couple years ago. And for those of you that are visiting or new, just bear with me. We went through a very difficult season. We went through a transition in leadership. And many people were negative. Many people didn't show love. Many people didn't act like Christians. Many people were hurtful. Many things were said on social media. And it broke my heart. 
people that I thought were pillars of faith in the church. Brothers and sisters being negative towards each other, talking about each other, slandering, slamming, hating. Our church did not show love. Why am I talking about this? Honestly, I feel like I need to. You see, uh, this, this Sunday today makes one, one year since I've been uh, lead pastor, or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Three years I was associate pastor. But you see, I've been a part of this family for 16 years. Now, I feel like I can talk about it. I feel like I need to talk about it. I feel like God has called me here for this moment right now. I've been waiting a year to share these words with you. I feel like I'm here to help us through a season, to mature, to be authentic. Not to just say that we love God, but to actually love God. Not to just say that we love others, but to actually love others. Not to say that we are Christians, but to actually follow Christ. I believe that our focus, our mission here, that that God has given to me is crystal clear. There's no denying what it is, and that is to mature. To mature as Christ's followers. And and two, two things are needed for healing like, I, f- I feel like we need, need to get this out of the way so that we can heal, okay? Two things are needed for healing. The right conditions and a willing body, okay? Right conditions and a willing body. Myself and the other leaders, we can do everything that we can, and we will, to make sure the conditions are right. But the body has to be willing. Are you willing? Are you willing to heal and move on? Now, look, you might be, you know, new and maybe even thinking about the new members class, and now you're like, I don't know if I want to come here or not. That's okay. Man, but we're a real church. If if you find a perfect church out there, let me know, okay? You know, the, the real church is made up of imperfect people serving a perfect Savior, And, and this is a real church here. We're not going to be fake. We're going to be authentic. And we're going to love like Christ. So I, I hope that we can move on. I want us to move on from this. I feel God moving us on from this. We need everybody to move on. And so how do we, as people of God, get back to our purpose? How can we love God and love others like God, especially in our time and in our culture and with social media? Well, I feel like there's a few key areas um, that will help us love like God. First of all, number one, avoid being judgmental. Avoid being judgmental. This has always been sort of a problem, right, even before social media, but technology has made it worse, it's made it worse. We look at others and we make a snap decision. Look at them. Look what they're doing. 
Can you believe they said that? Can you believe they're wearing that? Can you believe they did that? What's wrong with them? They're straying from God. They must be backsliding, right? We, We do stuff like that all the time. And look, sometimes we do it sincerely. I get that. But many times we do it wrongly. We end, up pla- we end up placing ourselves on a higher pedestal than others, and it, and it becomes almost a superiority type of thing, which is wrong because there's really only one judge, isn't there? Amen? There is only one judge, and that is Jesus Christ. It's also wrong because in reality, we have flaws too, every one of us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person. So why in the world would we expect somebody else to be perfect? Or to not make any mistakes? Or to be different? You know, we spend so much time looking at others and judging them, and we, what happens is that's wrong, but we also fail to look at our own hearts and our own lives. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus had some pretty strong words to say about judging others. (laughs) There's never really any gray areas with Jesus. That's what I like about him. I mean, he's like, I wonder what he meant by that. No. I mean, it's, he says, do not judge others. Right? That sounds pretty clear. He, He says, don't do it. Avoid it. Stay away from it. Matthew 7, 3. He goes on to say this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And look look at the difference here in, in how he's describing this. What is in somebody else's eye is a speck. It's small. It's minute compared to what is in your own eye. And that's typically what happens. He says, How can you say to your brother, Let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, we talked about that last week, a hypocrite is one who wears a mask. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will, look at this, probably the two most important words in this whole section of scripture, see clearly. You'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. A couple weeks ago, Many of you know that I am blind in my right eye. I had a baseball accident when I was in high school. And so, you know, I can only see out of my left eye. And I'm supposed to wear these glasses, like safety glasses. But you know what I mean? My my ego fights that all the time. Um, But so a couple weeks ago, I was at home, and it was just me and the kids. Angela was was, um, working. And I got something in my eye. And when I mean something, I mean debilitating. It was in my eye so bad, and it hurt so bad that I was blind completely. Couldn't see at all. And so all I could do was look around, try to get some Visine, feel around. I found some, didn't help. Got in the shower, washed my eyes, didn't help, still there. The only thing that I could do was was this. Look, thank God for technology. I, I called out to... Siri, I did that first service and Siri said, yes, I'm listening. But I called out to Siri. I said, Siri, call Angela. And it automatically called her. Didn't have to look to dial or anything like that. 
And so, anyway, it, it was a couple hours went by. But she came home. After I called her, the only thing that I did that I could do, I went in the bathroom. I sat down in the corner where my tub meets the wall. And I just sat there. Did nothing else. Prayed. Wondered what it was like for people that were blind. Was thankful that I could see. In that moment, the most important thing that I needed to do was to see clearly. And I wonder if we think about that that way. The most important thing that we need to do before we say anything or judge anybody is we need to make sure that we see clearly before we get up out of the floor and move on we got to be able to see and that's sort of what Jesus is saying here Um, we can be discerning we can be intelligent we can even be caring right we can be concerned about others but we need to avoid being judgmental and we can do that by spending less time looking at the flaws of others and spend more time making sure that we can see clearly well, many times what happens is once you see clearly, that that little speck goes away. Many times you you avoid judging altogether when you see clearly. Right. Second thing, eliminate negativity. Eliminate negativity. There's so much negativity out there. So much. There's so much negativity on social media, so much anger, so much bitterness, so much hatred. People are so quick to express their anger and frustration out there. Christians do this all the time, right? There's so much negativity. There's so many rants. You know what a rant is, right? Just go on and on. And uh, I think it's funny because people will say, I don't mean to go on a rant, but then they go on a rant. And it's like a page-long thing. Oh, I don't ever go on rants, but then I look back in the last week, yeah, you went on a rant, you know. So much negativity. And then there's bullying. You know what I mean by that, bullying? Um, you know, we typically think of that as with young people. But I got to tell you, I've seen it with adults too. I've seen adults go at it back and forth. I've seen attacks by what I thought was mature Christians on other people time after time after time after time. Now, you tell me what that is. That's bullying. Man, social media has made it worse. We had bullying in school when we grew up, right? Social media has made it worse because it's instant. More people can see it. And what does it do? It plays over and over and over again. And there's no running and hiding from that. But negativity isn't just a social media thing. We can be negative in our lives, always complaining. Nothing's good enough. We're always pointing out the flaws of people. We're always wanting to argue. We're always the victim. Something is always wrong. And look, somebody's got to know about it. I just got to tell somebody this is not right. Right? We do that. You don't have to have a computer or a phone to do that. We do that all the time. And look, I just got to tell you, from God's perspective, negativity is wrong. 
It's just flat out wrong. It keeps us from loving like God. Look at Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let anything negative come out. Don't let anything unwholesome come out. You know what this phrase literally says to do? Put a hand over your mouth. That's what it literally means. You know, sometimes it's, you've heard this before. Sometimes it's best not to say anything at all. You may be, you may be right. Sometimes it's best not to say anything even when you're right. It's not the most loving thing to do. Especially if you're emotional, if you're angry, if you're bitter, especially if you're hurt, it's best to step away. It's interesting, I read verse 30, which is after verse 29. It's not on the screen. But you know what verse 30 says? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Man, we take that way out of context. We throw that around a lot. But you know what it's talking about? Negativity. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. If you do, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because we were made in the image of God. What's the image of God? God is love. When we're negative towards others, we're negative towards image bearers of God. We're not loving. That's how it grieves the Holy Spirit. Our words, whether spoken or written, have tremendous power. Jesus said this, a person isn't defiled by what goes into their mouth, but what comes out? What comes out? You ever seen somebody hurt their reputation, damage their reputation by what they said? By what they posted, it happens every single day. It happens all the time. One post, one sentence, a couple words can ruin a person's life for years. It's not what goes in that defiles a person, it's what comes out. Words are powerful. James even says that the the tongue has the power of life and death. You mean to tell me that our words are that powerful? Yes. Yes. We have a choice when it comes down to our words. Well, what I mean by our words, I hope you understand this, is the way we talk and the way we communicate. We have a choice to make. We can either bring life with how we communicate or we can feed negativity, which just spreads death. When you think about that, that's a tremendous responsibility, isn't it? But think about it on the flip side. If our words can bring life, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. So we have a choice to make in that. What would it look like if we eliminated negativity in our lives? What would it look like? What would it look like if we only spoke what was positive? What would, if it, what would it look like if we only spoke encouragement and love to others? What if we only built others up with what we said and how we communicated? What would our lives look like? What would your life look like? What would our church look like? I'll tell you, I'm 100% confident our lives would change. So we need to We need to eliminate negativity because negativity is not loving. And that's against who we are. 
Thirdly, show more compassion. Show more compassion. The truth is we are less loving. We are. We are less compassionate. And, and social media is a big reason we are less compassionate. Here's what happens, okay? You're on social media and you see something and you go, oh, that's sad. I mean, you might open it up and, and read it and you might shed a tear. You might even, you might hit like. You might, you might like the post. You might even share it. You might even send it in a private message to somebody else. Look at this. But then five minutes later, what are you doing? Scrolling on? And, and oh, look at that. That's funny. You move on. You, you, move, you move past that. Look, here's what compassion is. Many of us get this wrong. Compassion isn't a feeling. It's an action. Okay? It's an action. It's literally a deep yearning in your gut that moves you. You ever went to Taco Bell and been like, I got to go to the bathroom? That's probably not appropriate, but that, that's not appropriate, but that describes what takes place with compassion you you go you have a feeling and you move right you gotta go there's no stopping it if you don't go it's not compassion you know what that's called sympathy you cannot have compassion without action it's impossible in matthew chapter 20 jesus was at the climax of his earthly ministry he was busy doing things, and he was making his way towards Jerusalem to, to make the grand triumphant entry, right? And on his way, it says a large crowd of followers were following him. I want you to pick up on that, okay? Following Jesus? They were following him, all right? And on his way to Jerusalem, there's these blind men. I think it's interesting that I had this story, and then this, this uh, scripture came to mind, you know. These blind men are on the side of the road. So Jesus, just picture this. Jesus is leading these people. People are following him. Blind men on the side of the road. They start yelling out to Jesus. They said, have mercy on us. You know what the people that were following Jesus did? Rebuked the blind people, the blind men. Told them to be quiet. Followers of Jesus looked at the blind people and said, shut up. Don't bother, don't bother Jesus. Leave him alone. What did Jesus do? That's what the followers of Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Verse 32. Look at this. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord. Look at this. Lord. Master. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus, look at this. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and, and they followed him. Isn't that good? Here's what compassion does. Compassion interrupts your plans. Jesus was busy. He had a plan, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and then he was interrupted. Com compassion sometimes stops us what we're doing, and we give our attention to it. Compassion requires sacrifice. 
whether it be a little bit of your time, whether it be your attention, whether it be some of your resources. Compassion always costs us something. You see what Jesus did with these guys? He stopped. He listened. He reached out. He healed and he loved. He showed compassion. This just blew me away when I was reading this. He showed these guys compassion when nobody else would. And they followed him. Now it doesn't say, it doesn't go on to say this, but what do you think that moment did for those two men? What do you think that moment did for them? How do you think they lived the rest of their lives? You know, I'm not exactly sure, but this is what I believe. I believe what Jesus did for them not only changed their lives at that moment, but it changed the rest of their lives. I believe they followed him. And I believe every time they saw somebody blind, I believe they would have compassion. I believe they would say, we were blind, but now we can see. Come look at this guy that helped us, that healed us. I truly believe that. You know, Jesus showed us compassion too. What happened to those guys happened to us. We were helpless and hopeless. And while we were that way, while we were engulfed in sin and separated from God, Jesus acted with compassion. You know, Jesus didn't just sit up there in heaven and say, oh, how pitiful. Oh, that's, ter- that's sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I wish, I wish that wouldn't be that way. He didn't do that. He, he had compassion. He had a feeling. And then he acted. He came. He reached out. And he healed. He died for us. Wow, he had, he had mercy upon us. And, and when we cry out to him, he sees us and he comes to us. And he provides healing For those who are spiritually blind, he provides sight. For those who don't deserve it, Jesus provides love and he provides forgiveness. And man, listen, how tragic it is to think that although we've been given such great love and shown such great compassion, that many times we avoid showing that same love and compassion to others. That's so tragic. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. You know, we are to love because Christ loved us. We are to forgive because Christ forgave us, you see. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. We have all been forgiven through Jesus, and we are to to be forgiving. We are to sacrifice for others because Christ sacrificed himself for us. You might say, well, look, that person, I, I can't do it. That person is too hard to love. That person is too negative. It does not matter. Christ died for every single person out there. That's what compassion is. It's the love of God in us and through us. And then it's made manifest out there in the world. 
That's our purpose. That's what we are supposed to be and that's what we are supposed to do. That's, that's why we were created. We were made to love God and to love like God. How can you do that? How can you show love today? Today, Maybe through this message, maybe you realize that you need to stop judging. Stop looking at others and pointing the finger and maybe spending some time alone with God and searching your own heart. Maybe you need to stop being critical of people, right? Maybe, maybe today, maybe you realize, well, maybe I am a little more negative than what I should be. Maybe just a little more positivity in what you say and how you interact with others is what you need to do today. Maybe there's an opportunity right now that, you, that was triggered in your mind where you need to show compassion. Maybe you need to stop saying, look how pitiful, and actually make a difference in the situation. Show somebody compassion. When we, when we love like God, here's what happens. God becomes suddenly very real to you, to me. But what also happens is he becomes very real to others. Okay? Look at this, 1 John four twelve. when we're closing. No one has ever seen God. Wait a minute. Let's read that again. No one has ever seen God. I know we have people out there that say, look, that contradicts Scripture, and I'm not about that. Scripture tells us that nobody can see God and live. Okay? Evidence of God is all around us. No one has ever seen God, but look at this, look at this, look at the transition here. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So when we love like God, we literally show God to others. You want to see what God looks like? Well, God looks like us loving others. That's God. Our love is the proof that God exists. And it's the evidence of who we are as Christ followers. And Jesus even said, people will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. It's why we were made, you see. It's our purpose. And when we do it, look, we bring glory to God. And there's a sense of fulfillment in our life. There's a sense of completion. And look, yeah, that's for Christians. If, if you're not a believer, if you don't have a relationship with God, that story of the blind man, I don't know of a better illustration. You, you, call, you call out to Jesus. He sees you. He hears you. He comes to you. He touches you. He heals you. And you can see. He saves you. That, that's how it works. You call out to Jesus. And he saves you. And then you follow him. What a remarkable story. That's the story of a Christian. We once were blind, but now we see. Because Christ has had compassion on us, and he healed us. I pray that we would love like that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your words today. Father, help us to realize that love is why we are made. 
and what we are to do. And it's so much more than a romantic love. Sometimes we, especially in America, we romanticize everything. When really love is the picture of what Jesus did for us. Um, Help us to be less judgmental. Help us to avoid uh, judging others altogether. And we can do that by first making sure that we can see clearly And we do that by spending time with you in prayer and in your word and just truly seeking you out and allowing you to change us. And then once we do that, when we see clearly, then we can make proper decisions. Then we can have, um, you know, the communication that, that we need to have. Help us to be less negative and to understand that our words are powerful, that They can bring death, but they can also bring life. Help us to choose life and to speak life and to show life to others. Father, help us to show compassion, not just feel sorry, not just feel sympathy, but help us to actually act and to move and to show others. And that's going to require sacrifice of our time. That's going to require us to sometimes stop what we're doing, but it's definitely going to require us to see Help us to see with your eyes the needs that are out there all around us. The person that's beside of us yelling out. Help us to show people the same type of love that you showed us. And we're so thankful for that. That while we were yet sinners, Christ came to this world and died for us. So that we might be forgiven and so that we might live. I pray for that person today that may not have a relationship with you. I pray that they would just call out to you and you promise that you will hear them and you promise that you will never ever turn anyone away who wholeheartedly seeks you out. I pray that they would do that today. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.